All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This is Leafs Morning Take with Nick Alberga and Jay Rosehill. Now we've got a fight started here right off the bat with Rosehill. 30 minutes of live nonstop Leafs talk starts now. What is good? Happy Monday. 19 games. That is all that stands between the Leafs and game one of the Stanley Cup playoffs against the Tampa Bay Lightning presented by PointsBet Canada. It's the Monday edition of Leafs Morning Take. Nick Alberga and Jay Rosa with you, Rosie. I won't lie. I'm having a case of the Mondays right now. I'm going nuts. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, the Leafs like to drop them heaters to bottom feeders. Once again, we tend to have those Monday feelings on these shows, don't we? Buddy, that was a Cleveland steamer on Saturday against the Vancouver Canucks, and we'll get to that game. But uh, a lot to discuss, the trade deadline recap. We did a, a bit of a recap ourselves on on, on social media. Um, we got the game against Vancouver, the five-game roadies done. Uh, tomorrow against the New Jersey Devils, the O'Reilly injury. There's a lot to cover, but first and foremost, we were uh, texting back and forth over the weekend. You had a speaking engagement? Like, wh- What does that even mean? Oh, the old Grizzlies team had a uh, their wind up bank up for the banquet for the end of the year. So, uh, you know, one of the Sutter brothers came in and we sat there and had a little hot stove and whatnot, which ended up being pretty fun. Actually, it was a it was a nice evening. Were you were you better on that panel than you were on the panel for deadline day with daily faceoff? Buddy, they're thinking of getting rid of you permanently to put me in the number one chair after that thing I heard. 
Yeah, so so if you missed it, uh, <laughs> both of us were uh, were on the uh, daily faceoff deadline show on on Friday, and without question, the breakout star was Jay Rosehill. Uh, number one, the reference, <laughs> the iPad, the iPod reference uh, from back <laughs> in the two thousands. Uh, he had to reference the fact that I like to call it that I'm in the number one chair, which I am, and, and the King Daddy <laughs> Topper was you. <laughs> So breaking down the Nick Ritchie, Brett Ritchie trade, he said, how about a wife swap? And that was like the funniest line of the day, man. I could not believe you said that, but it, it worked. I thought it makes sense logistically when you've <laughs> got a lot of shit to move and kids and families just do a straight across the table, one suitcase, easy does her. But maybe that's just me. Yeah, I guess it's just you, but uh, go back and watch that from Friday because, again, that was, um, I guess, tells you everything you need to know about Denlai Day specifically. Uh, not much cooking, but we expected that. So before we dive into things, uh, I'm going to make this a regular occurrence on the show since you fought in the NHL. Every time there's a fight for the Maple Leafs, we need you to break it down. So here's the latest. Back on Saturday, six foot, a billion. Tyler Myers, Ooh. after this hit, he scraps Jake McCabe. What's your breakdown? <clears throat> Yeah, I like Nylander kind of getting in there, and then McCabe just just shows no pullback and just goes flying in there, which I love. And look, you can just you don't have to go in there and die fighting a guy that's bigger than you, or if you don't like doing that, you just got to show up, get in there, chuck a guy around, spin around, and slip on a banana peel. Down you go. That's all it takes. I mean, look at the crowds fired up, everyone's jacked, the bench goes nuts, and Toronto Maple Leafs have been missing that for quite a while. Um, it's surprising to see Johnny T get crushed like that a couple of different times too. I mean, his on ice awareness and everything. Usually he's uh he doesn't get caught like that. He got nailed twice that game and boom, it was a big boy hit, man. And uh I just love to see McCabe come flying in there. That guy's six foot seven, big boy. You can see how hard he's tossing him around, but it's just great to see for the Leafs fans. I mean, we have been lacking that for a long time. Any answer, any pushback, and man, there's nothing more devastating to your bench to suck the life out of it when someone gets crunched and everyone just looks around each other and doesn't do anything to stand up for your bud. Yeah, that was really cute. You mentioned it. Nylander strolls in there. He gave him a bit of the business and he understood that he wasn't going to take that fight. Somebody would be behind him. I actually respected it. I won't lie. Yeah, it was cool. I reminded early on in the season that happened and Gio comes flying in and, and whatnot. It's good to see. It doesn't happen to doesn't have to happen every single game, but when your captain gets absolutely blown up like that, it's nice to have a response, that's for sure. And unsurprisingly, it had that playoff feel in that game, specifically the first period. It was like hit everybody in sight. I feel bad for the ushers in like section 321. Everybody was getting hit. And who started the hitting in that game? You saw it in that package. None other than Luke Shen, man. I, I just love what he's bringing to the table so far here. Yeah, I think everybody is, man. I mean, I was at that uh, Flames game there on the, earlier on this weekend. He was killing guys out there, putting guys right on their back. And then, I mean, none other than Milan Lucic kind of takes a run at him. Luke puts him on his ass. Then he looped around and took another full-out run at him. And Luke didn't just stand him up, put him on his ass again, which... That's Milan Lucic we're talking about. So I think Luke is honestly banging harder than he was back when I played with him when he was in his young to mid-20s. And he's just still crushing guys out there. I think he's uh, he stayed in that league for a reason because he can keep up. He can stay in position. And he's one of the few guys that can just put every guy on the league on their ass at will. And he seems like he's getting stronger, that old boy. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. He's got that old man strength. He's not even old. And, you know, the great thing I would bring up, too, to compliment the guy, um, I think the thing that's really improved that nobody gives him credit for is his is, is mobility. Like, that's the one thing my lasting memory 
when he was a Leaf early on. He really couldn't move. And I think he's never going to get that praise. But I, I think he's hopping around a bit, which is great to see. And obviously, mobility is the name of the game if you want to stick in this league. And Luke Shen deserves a lot of credit for you know modifying his game, evolving, whatever you want to call it, uh, because he's found his place in the NHL again, which is great to see and so great to see him on the Maple Leafs. Remember to subscribe, tap that like button, leave us a review wherever you're checking us out. And don't forget to visit theleafsnation.com for the very latest on all things Toronto Maple Leafs. Rosie, can you see on your screen right there, we're 42 subscribers away at the Leafs Nation 401, at the Leafs Nation 401, our YouTube page from 1K and 1,000. Can you believe this ride we're on right now? Yeah, it's good stuff, man. We've been, uh, you know, getting the getting the guests out there and putting out the product that I think people in this market are looking for. And yeah, we busted up to a thousand there pretty quick. So be good if we, uh, you know, have all our content on there and you can go there and look back at whatever we're doing. That's what it's all about is those cut ups and those shorts and get you with the information that you need. Exactly. Thoughts, comments, questions, or concerns, by the way, drop us a line in the chat down below here on YouTube and we'll get to those a bit later on here on the show. But for now, Let's get over the boards. You see how I said that with intensity, Rosie? 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 It's the it's Monday, man. I just can't speak on Mondays. A long, long weekend for yours truly. But I digress. Um, intensity was missing. Like again, I'm not going to come on here and bitch and moan and complain about a loss to the Vancouver Canucks with 20 games remaining in the season. But I just want to see more. They were in that hockey game. And we've been talking about this 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 vaunted power play for like a couple weeks now, and they shit the bed in the third period. They let two shorties in like forty five seconds there. What happened? Yeah, no, that's definitely the story in the game. I mean, average game coming into the third period, first shift and a half there, they score to tie the game. Okay, now watch the Leafs start to roll here. I mean, they're going to show they're the better team. They got the right start to the third period, and just the life sucked right out of them with. Two shorthanded goals against in a matter of a minute and a half, some kind of a, like a franchise record. Like that's unacceptable for for those for those power play guys. I mean, you're out there with an extra man, yes, with the intention of scoring a goal. That's what you're thinking about. But if you're thinking so much on scoring a goal that just defense goes absolutely out the window, you don't think those PK guys are are licking their lips and waiting for a hole to spring somebody and send them. And they did it twice and buried on both of them. And to me, that's the game right there. So. It's happened before. It seems like they've kind of cleaned it up a little bit maybe the last month or two, but it's not the first time in the season that the power play has just been given up offensive opportunities left, right, and center. And it needs to be addressed. It needs to be talked about. And wherever the wherever the the breakdowns happen, they need to understand how that happens. And, I mean, you do that in the playoffs, see you later. It's hard enough to – to you're cr scratching and clawing for every goal out there. And if you're letting in shorties out there, good luck. You're not going to go far. And they need to fix it. And – once again, this Leafs team has got just a plethora of losses against the teams that they should absolutely beat. And as alarming as that is, I honestly think it would be worse the other way around. If you can beat all the shitty teams and you just can't beat a good team, I mean, that kind of writing's on the yeah. wall for that season right there. But for whatever reason, we can beat the Bruins, we can beat the Lightning, we can beat X, Y, and Z, and we just continually lose. And I don't know if it's a mental thing or not, but I will give them the benefit of the doubt this week. They've had so many changes. They've had so much crazy shit going on with the deadline and moving players in. Then they go on the long road trip where guys are flying in with one suit and a toothbrush, and and you can't have a proper practice. You can't get settled each other. And when you're in your home rink and your locker room and your own ice and go to the video room, and here's what we're doing for practice, and really actually engage 
they haven't been able to do that and they're not going to be able to do that till they get back from Jersey. But uh, I kind of didn't expect it, but I was thinking, you know, it makes sense if they're a little bit scattery here the next little while, while they go on this road trip and try to bring all these new guys into their lineup. I love on the broadcast, they always like to throw up how Boston and Tampa do against these shit teams and how Toronto does against them. Like, they do it every time. They did it again on Saturday. But, yeah, I'm right there with you. Like, they stuck with the Vancouver Canucks. That was a very Rick Tockett game. You could tell early on what the strategy was for the Canucks. And, I, quite frankly, I wonder why more teams don't try to do it against the Leafs. Play heavy against them. And I thought the Canucks, to a degree, had a lot of success. There was some pushback, which is great to see from the Maple Leafs' perspective. But as you know, Having played in this league, there's just some buildings, Rosie, you don't do well in. Uh, Toronto's dropped six in a row and 16 of the past 18 overall at Rogers Arena. Like, it really, really is an alarming statistic when you think about it. It's like, might as well not even show up next time. That is a that is big numbers. Usually, I don't take a lot of stock into it. I go, hey, like, you're going back how many years? There's hardly anyone on the roster, so why would that be you know, related to this year and this game and this season. But uh, when you rack them up that much, this core team has been together for a while. They obviously just don't do well when they go to Vancouver. Um, you know, you do the time change of three hours, then you're playing at four to appease the Leafs market, which I always laugh my ass <laughs> off walking into that barn going, How? no wonder they hate the Leafs here. They make them watch their home team game on Saturday night at 4 p.m. because the people out east want to watch it at their normal seven a time it just shakes my head and go wow no wonder that's not an easy way to gain fans out west but um struggling in that barn it is what it is i don't know man they've uh i don't have an answer for why they are not doing well against the lower grade teams and the canucks in general you could point to a couple of different things but at the end of the day it's up to those guys to overcome that they're professionals they're paid big money they need to figure their shit out and luckily we're not playing a bottom feed and beater team in the uh in the playoffs here but I don't know. I mean, when they win games in a row, people are like, oh, who cares? They're not playing for nothing. They're, you know, maybe home ice. We got, what, a five-point lead on Tampa right now. So people kind of can yeah. slough off the wins pretty easy in the regular season. Well, if you're going to do that, then you can probably slough off these losses too if they don't mean anything right now. Yeah, and people are making a lot, I think, in the Tampa market, not to the degree of Toronto, but like Tampa's on a winless skid, their first five-game winless skid, by the way, since 2014. But like, like, let's not make this a bigger story than it is, especially for these two teams. They're they're just, you know, treading right along. They know they're playing each other. I don't read too much in-depthly into a loss against Vancouver with like 20 games remaining. As we mentioned last week, we're looking for those buzzwords. We're looking for stability, health. We're going to get to the Ryan O'Reilly conversation. But, yeah, it was just a Cleveland steamer of an effort. Uh, your boy Matt Murray did come back. It was great to see him on ice for once. Yeah, it had been a while. It's funny. The first time he <laughs> left was when we were watching that game live in Toronto. It doesn't seem like that yeah. long ago, but you crunched the numbers. And he was out for a long time. We we touched on that yeah. quite a bit. And I I stand by what I thought about it. They're, they're just making sure he is ready there is absolutely no reason to bring him back so i think he probably took an extra week week and a half just to hey let's really push this Two thing months, and, yeah. and make sure there's nothing left why would you push this guy back to come in when there's still a little bit of twinge or if he can tweak it a little bit here and there during this movement like no you're not you're you're gonna keep rehabbing keep doing your your stuff with the trainers and and get healthy and hopefully he is and he looked pretty good for me in general um Every day is a blessing on this earth. Every day is a blessing to see Matt Murray on the ice, and we'll leave it at that. Great to see him back. 20 saves. He was not the issue. They they hung him out to dry. What, two breakaways uh, shorthanded? And, yeah. 
in the third period. It just you're not helping your goalie out. I thought he he looked very confident, so that's good. Yeah, he did look good. I mean, saved a couple of big ones. It could have been worse. There's yeah. two on O's breakaways. He saved a few of them. And I mean, yeah. what were what are they what are you doing giving up that many shorthanded? They obviously didn't have their head in it. Um, they're a little bit scattery right now. And again, I think they're gonna be, you know, well served to get home, get in their rink, and actually start gelling with that new group of uh of players because it's definitely difficult to do when you're bouncing around the road, hotel to hotel, you gotta late ice time for this and you only got this much time and yeah. it's an optional one so the whole team's not over out there and you're not going to work on stuff and get better as a team you're just going to go see what you can do on those road trips and unfortunately uh it's tough to do when you get six guys in there and playing all over and luke staying in vancouver and just kind of a scatterbrain i think they're looking forward to getting home and getting settled down if we're up to you, what would you do with this power play? Because, again, the numbers are deceiving. Uh, they're still one of the top power play units in the league, but they have these blips, these nonchalant efforts, the lack of urgency. Like, it's very similar to my beer league team on Sundays, man. Like, you just stroll in like a Sunday stroll. But this is the National League. You're 19 games away from the Stanley Cup playoffs. What would you do differently? We've talked about Riley. We've talked about Gustafson. I think we've we've seen through two games Gustafson what he is uh, at the early part of his Maple Leafs career. He's an offensive-minded guy, and we get it. But they've at this point seemed reluctant to take Riley off the first power play unit. But what would you do to get these guys going here? Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live, from ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating. They always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Yeah, I mean, all you can do it's always special watching or it's, it's not special. It's different, you know, working with the power plays and I don't have a ton of experience doing it obviously, but I know, you know, how those guys operate and how they get together and talk and they go out early and work on stuff and they go into the video room by themselves and, and look things over. So they're hyper aware of everything that's going on. I just think when you get that many high skill guys there, I mean, you look at Nylander, Tavares, Marner, Matthews, Riley all out there at the same time you're you're jostling around and there's so much skill and so much hockey IQ out there that sometimes you you're trying to figure out who's getting open and who's leading this thing and who are we looking for and it's not just a simple like feed Ovi on the left side so he can knee down one time it like he's done 500 times 
they're just finding themselves. And at the end of the day, you keep trying the guys, you keep working through what works. And I just think if you're, if there's a lot of options on the power play and it's not working and they're giving up shorthanded goals, it's pretty easy to say, Hey, Hey buddy, who's not paying attention to the defensive side of things. And you're the guy that's the reason that's holding up this power play from having success. Then you're going to maybe go on to the second unit or off the power play in general, because we got lots of guys that can move in in there and Keith's not scared to do that. He's just going to keep doing it and try to find something that clicks. At the very least, I think it would jumble up the two units, man. Like, that's the one thing they really have stayed away from since the Matthews era got underway with Tavares and Marner. And, and they, they've stacked the first power play unit. Let's have a look at maybe using both units equally through a two-minute power play. I mean, it's worth a try. You're trying everything else. Hell, they had Alex Kerfoot on the top line the other night, right? So, like, we're at a point where experimentation is prime. You know who you're taking on in the first round. It doesn't seem like Tampa's going to you know, give you a run for your money for home ice. So try it out. But uh, they've been reluctant to at this point. Meantime, it's not all good news. And this is powered by Points Back Canada. This segment, by the way, our good friends at Points Back Canada. Um, Ryan O'Reilly uh, gets banged up. And Friendly Fire was a story on Saturday, by the way. Like, it was a sigh of relief when Austin Matthews came back in that game, took a, a clapper off the inner knee. O'Reilly takes a Matthew shot off the hand. You see that picture right there. There's a splint on his finger, Rosie. That's not good. It no, is. it's not. I feel like he <laughs> broke his finger. I mean, it's uh, you take a clapper to a finger that that's just hanging loose. He wasn't even watching. He was trying to get out of the way of that shot from Austin Matthews and right off the loose finger and right away he cringed. And I've had that happen before and I've broken feet and, and hands and my face and everything else with pucks hitting it. You know right away when when you get dinged by something, whether it did damage or not, and there was nothing about his reaction that said it was a, a minor thing. And I'd be surprised if his finger's not broken. I just hope he doesn't need surgery and pins and whatnot because that just brings the timeline further and further towards that playoffs, man. But um, as you see there, it's splinted. Something's wrong with it. So I think we'll find out here within maybe within the hour on on what practice yeah. was like today and, and who was on the ice. I I doubt he's going to get that thing in a glove or they're going to feel the need to to push him again with uh, with what's on the line going forward. And I, I'm expecting to see him out three, four weeks, at least with a broken with a broken finger. But we'll see. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, if you're listening in podcast form right now, we are a live show, as you uh, many of you know, at, at least know. So we are waiting for the news coming out of practice regarding Ryan O'Reilly. They've had a couple of days to uh, break it all down. I'm with you. I, I think there's no rush to get him back. Again, they're firmly in a playoff spot. Again, they know who they're going to play in the first round. I just think the race is on, and let's hope this is not a long-term thing where it's like you're you're cutting it close where there's two, three games remaining, and you have to throw O'Reilly in there to get some reps in for the Stanley Cup playoffs. Just It's so shitty. It's like sometimes it feels like the Leafs can't have nice things. He plays eight games. Has five points, looking pretty good, adds to that depth, and then it's taken away from you again, you know? Yeah, when you I mean, when you're following a team close and you're looking at it and and you know their history and whatnot, the things that tend to pile up, you kind of wonder why us, why us? But uh, you know, Riles has had a bad, uh, bad go this year. I think it was a broken foot that kept him out earlier. And yeah. it's not like those groin things or, you know, knees or something that could take a long time and constantly bug you again. I mean, you break a bone, you put it in a thing and let it heal up and then you're pretty much done with it, which is a positive thing, but uh, it's just it's just rough. This team is trying to get their identity into trying to, to get something to click here with this new group of people. I think they made wicked trade deadline acquisitions and uh, 
they're trying to get the hell home and get this group working really well. And you'd hope that we just run into the playoffs with a head of steam. And that's obviously everyone's MO at this time of the year. And when guys are breaking shit and being on the IR and getting hurt, it doesn't help anybody. And it's one of the things about pro sports that is extremely frustrating and there's nothing you can do about it. It's fallen victim to injuries and Leafs are no stranger to it this year. They've weathered the storm very good, especially early on. Their whole decor seemed like they were gone. Their goalies were all down, and they were still banging off points, which was good to see. So I imagine they'll get through this just fine, but it's never good to see one of your big boys, especially when you just got him and you're trying to trying to get him used to the lineup and find something to gel with. And, and now he's probably going to be on the shelf here for a while. But again, maybe good news is coming here next uh, couple hours. Just get there. Just get to the Stanley Cup playoffs. If you have to bubble wrap Austin Matthews, as mentioned, he can't be feeling great, but it was great to see him back on the ice. Uh, it's tough, and every team deals with it. Look at the Tampa Bay Lightning. Kucherov got dinged up over the weekend. So did Victor Hedman. And that's the unfortunate thing about playing a physical game. Doesn't matter if it's preseason, um, you know, postseason, regular season. You can get hurt on any shift at any given time. So let's hope. Uh, uh, we see Ryan O'Reilly back sooner rather than later because obviously that would be a big time loss for this team. But again, I, I would I would pr- 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 you know go with caution in this situation and and know that you need him for the long term, not the short term when it comes to Ryan O'Reilly. Uh, the deadline and the recap. So on Friday the Leafs stood pat. We expected it. Uh, you know they picked up Redeem Zahorna, who's like a a minor leaguer at heart, uh, made his debut over the weekend, by the way. But they had Achari, they, they had O'Reilly, Shen, Gustafson, McCabe, Lafferty. You look at what Tampa did, adding Tanner Janot. Boston gets Orlov, Hathaway, Tyler Bertuzzi. Um, have the Leafs done enough, in your opinion, Rosie, to get over that hump finally? Yeah, I do. Look at it. What else do you want him to do? That's uh, big-time mm-hmm. moves being made by Kyle Dubas. I think he was the talk of the whole trade deadline there for quite a while, and he was pulling triggers and making moves early. And, um, you know, I think for a lot of reasons, that's kind of why the actual deadline countdown was uh, was a little bit less eventful than it has yeah. been in the past as guys knew what they wanted and they went out and got it. And and there's no better example of that than this right now. I mean, the only, the only real loss out of the – out of the roster is, you know, Sandin and Engvall. Um, I don't think anyone saw Sandin going out, but at the end of the day, uh, for how much he was clicking and what a asset he was to the team, it was all right to move him out for what we got back. And Engvall, I think a lot of people wanted to see him go. And other than that, there's nothing off this actual roster. So, you know, you can talk about the future and the picks and the prospects and whatever. That's not in their thought process right now. They're making a run. The time is now, and they've got a good team, and they're top four in the NHL all year long. They can they can make a run at this. So then they figure out what they need, figure out where they're weak, and they just pump all of those answers into the lineup, hoping that that's the that's the saving grace here. So now there's nothing left to do to wait and see, see if they can get by that hump. They got to get past the first round. At, at some point, it just becomes a joke where it's like a curse. The amount of uh, times they've had the team to do it and just haven't. So I don't th- think there's any better example than this year that they are better than the team they're going to play in the first round. It's not going to be easy, but they've got as good a team as they can put together. I just look at Dubis and I, you got to say, bravo, what else could you ask for a general manager to do in this situation? He's made the moves. Team looks good. Time to win. Hey, did you see Rasmus Sandin in his Capitals debut gets three appetizers in an 8-3 win for the Capitals? That's so Leafs, man. <laughs> like, it's just so of funny. Of, of course he did. did. That's what I wrote on Twitter. Of course he did, right? I'm, I'm curious to see how uh, Sandin works out with the Capitals. But we did say this last week. I don't mind Toronto maxing out on a guy who's, like, on their 5-6 pairing, right? They get a first. They get Gustafson to address a bit of depth. Like, I, I had no issue with that. 
Me neither. And, and Rasmus Sandin's going to go and have a, a solid career. And, you know, there'll be times when he has a great year and we're thinking, oh, man, we had him. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's not a world beater or a deal breaker. And, and they did what they had to do to get what they needed. And I think their team looks better now than it did a month ago. So good on them. And now I'm just waiting for them to to be able to put it together and, and try to get that group rolling and, and get some, uh, you know, get some big energy going where you can just start running through teams and gaining some speed and momentum coming into the playoffs here. Okay, let's get to the uh, Points Bet Canada wrap-up right now. We're doing things a bit differently here. Um, no longer giving you bets because we don't want to ram that down your throat. And um, periodically through our shows, by the way, we'll give some looks that we like, by the way. But I want to start by saying, and this will be more of a, a focus on you, the listener, and the YouTube chat, and getting you guys integrated and us responding to what you have to say. Tim coming in hot today. We'll get to that. But first and foremost... I did put out on social media last week, Rosie, that I'm, I'm giving away two sets of tickets. They phrase it Canada's largest St. Patrick's Day party on March 18th. Uh, it's at Rebel in Toronto. I've been before. It's fucking outstanding. And it's like a day fest. You show up at like 11 o'clock. You can chill out all day. Uh, so we're giving away yeah. two sets of tickets. So this is pretty much how I'm going to do it. I might do once this week and once next week. And I, it'll drop randomly. So you got to continue to listen to this show or in podcast form as well. So it's pretty easy. The first person to tweet me the answer to this question right now, whether you're listening live, uh, and again, if it would be great if you're in the Toronto area because it is the Toronto area and you have to be 18 plus as well. The first person to answer this question and tweet me the answer will win a set of tickets. So two tickets uh, to this party on March 18th um, at the Golden Muzzy is where you can find me on Twitter. The question is, what number did Jay Rosa wear as a member of the Toronto Maple Leafs? So the first person to tweet that answer to me will win these tickets right now. And again, I have another set to give away. So it's what number did Jay Rosa wear for the Toronto Maple Leafs at the Golden Muzzy? Answer that question for me. Tweet it at me whenever you listen to this. Uh, if it's in podcast form or if it's live right now on YouTube, the first person to tweet me that answer will win these sets or this set of tickets. So two tickets. Rosie, you know the answer, but it changed a bit in your career, your number, right? You don't give the answer right now, obviously, but. Uh, I went down one number when I went to Philadelphia. Yeah. Someone who uh, mm -hmm. was there was already wearing it. So little changes here, but they're both greasy training training camp numbers that uh, they are. you don't wear unless they you are. got some grease in you, boy. It suited you. And we may have just talked about a player who wore one of your numbers in your career as well, right? So um, what number did Jay Rosso wear as a member of the Toronto Maple Leafs? At the Gold Muzzy. And if you're the first person to tweet that answer to me, you win a pair of tickets to... Uh, St. Patrick's Day party at Rebel here in Toronto coming up on March 18th. It's phenomenal, by the way. Make sure you're 18 plus as well. Getting to some YouTube comments. Tim writing in. Maddening effort on Saturday, although he thinks Tampa is imploding. What's your read on Tampa, man? I, I'm not, I don't read too much into this, especially a team that's gone to three straight Stanley Cups. I know they're benching superstars and shit like that, but they don't care. They're in the same conversation as Toronto. They know they're going to the Stanley Cup playoffs from game one of the season. Yeah, it's interesting to see. I haven't been watching them too closely, but I keep watching and yeah. keep my eye on the standing saying if, you know, is the latest loss, you know, Edmonton or Vancouver, you know, have they gained ground and they're never gaining ground. So I know that things aren't going great there either. But um, I don't know. Is it a bad sign? Of course not. It's a good sign for us. The team that, uh, you know, that has been standing in a lot of people's way the last three years. I mean, you don't run your way to three Stanley Cup finals, winning two of them um, by being a half-assed team that doesn't know what you're doing. But you can't keep the same team together forever. You can't win together forever. I don't know 
what the signs are that they're losing some games, but they're losing some games and they're dropping some points mm-hmm. in hell. If they're the team that we want to play, it's a hell of a lot better than them finding their stride and going on a five-game heater the last five. So um, let them do their thing. Honestly, I think we're more worried about us. And if we if we bring the best hockey that we can play that we've shown, especially with this new group, I don't think that Tampa can beat us. And I just think they're a better team. But you have to show that. You have to you have to bring your best stuff. You especially in the playoffs, like it just it does not matter what you did. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what your contract is. You just got to come together as a team and win four bloody games. And the Leafs have got to do it. And I think this is the year. There's no reason to think they shouldn't. But people have said that before, and they have not been able to get the job done. So that's the huge question mark that's been there for more than a while now. And it's unbelievable to think we're um, a little more than a month away, maybe like six weeks away from finding out the question we've been waiting all year to find out. Will they finally get over that hump? Will they finally beat the Tampa Bay Lightning in the first round? It's it's very, very exciting. So we'll leave it at that for today's show. Again, uh, a quiet week for the Leafs. And we just mentioned their their crazy schedule the last little while. So they'll play tomorrow against New Jersey in New Jersey to wrap up their five-game slate. And then not in action until Saturday night when they host the Edmonton Oilers, which obviously is worth the price of admission. So looking forward to that. Excellent job today, Rosie, and we'll reconvene tomorrow, okay? You bet. We'll talk to you then. There you have it. That's Shay Rosehill. I'm Nick Alberga. Thanks so much for listening and watching. Take care. Yeah, yeah. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.